Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Wildwood Podcast. Wildwood is an agency in the capital region of New York State that provides supports for people of all ages with autism and other developmental disabilities. We support over 3,000 people and families. Our mission is to strengthen the well-being of the people and their families through innovative supports. Our organization values are respect, integrity, creativity, and holism. We strive to infuse them in all that we do. We here at the Behavior and Therapeutic Supports team welcome you to your Wednesday Beats, your weekly source of behavior and therapeutic support strategies, where we talk everything from supporting positive behaviors to caregiver self-care. We hope that today's show provides you with the tools to help navigate the rest of your week. Brought to you by Wildwood Programs. Welcome to your Wednesday Beats. With you today is Ingrid Martinez with my co-host Alex and Brittany. Hi. Hey, everyone. So today's episode is about functional behaviors. And by that, we mean uh, for us behaviors is what is driving the behavior that is presenting. Yes. Before we go into creating strategies or tools Um, to help people manage behaviors or change behaviors, we have to know the function, the driving why behind the behavior is occurring. So we wanted to have an episode on that because it's the foundation of everything that we do. Right. And to explore that, you want to make sure you understand two core principles, right? The first core principle is that everything's behavior. You want to be aware that anything that's going on, anything anyone's doing, is a behavior. It's something they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then the other core principle to keep in mind, every behavior has a function, right? No behavior occurs for no reason. People aren't just doing things for the sake of doing them. Mm -hmm. There's a function. There's something someone's getting out of the behaviors that they're doing. It's one of the things that we mentioned when we were doing last week's podcast that um, behaviors, all behaviors are a form of communication. There's a reason why they're happening. Mm -hmm. For instance, right now we're acting as professionals or as podcasters, right? As we do. So we are taking on the behaviors of like an anchor, right? Like a news anchor or a radio host or podcast host or whatever it is you want to call it. Um, But, you know, we are making sure that our behavior matches that role. And we do this very naturally throughout our day. And there's some behaviors that are more challenging than others. And we really wanted to look at the different functions of, of them specifically. Right. And when we think about functions, we have a handy acronym that we use to keep track of the what we'll call the five core functions. Right. And that acronym is MEETS. All right. It's, it's a bit of a silly one and it's silly to say over and over again, but we use the term MEETS, M E A T S, to help remember those different functions. Mm-hmm. So the M in uh, MEETS stands for medical, right? So that's any sort of potential medical, medically related um, issue inside someone's body. So if someone's sick or if they're hurt, they have a broken arm, they're acting differently. That's medical. Mm-hmm. So one of, so one of the behaviors would be like if the person is having a headache or is having a toothache, they're often might 
hit themselves in the head and then the person that's caring for them is thinking why is well this person may be upset they're hitting them they're angry they're hitting themselves in their head they're trying to hurt themselves but in reality what's happening is they have a headache or they have a toothache yeah. or there's something medical mm-hmm. right. right right exactly or if you know they are bedwetting all of a sudden or wetting themselves or having incontinence you know sometimes people um, have found that to be a behavior as a way to escape or control a situation. But if you don't look into the medical piece first, they could be having an issue with a UTI or some sort of infection or some other sort of discomfort. And that's why medical is first in our acronym, right? Yeah. With those letters, you can do any sorts of thing. You can say STEAM, you can say TEAMS, right? A lot of more easy to remember, easy to use acronyms, but we use meets because medical comes first. Mm-hmm. Right? You always want mm-hmm. to be thinking what could be wrong. You want to right. rule out those medical options because any behavior could theoretically be a medically related behavior, mm-hmm. right? Someone could do anything to tell you they're sick or people might throw a tantrum more frequently when they have a sinus infection. Right. So you want to think about what's happening. If my child is acting differently, yes, I know there's all this stuff going on right now. I know there's a lot happening. Mm-hmm. But if my child mm-hmm. is acting significantly differently than I'm used to, maybe I should give it another look and see are they sick? Mm-hmm. Are they doing other things differently? Could it be they're maybe favoring one foot? They might have rolled their leg, rolled their ankle. Right. Right. I couldn't tell you. Right. That's why medical comes first. Right. And it goes back to that thing where, and I'm going to keep saying it again, 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 and again, uh, behavior is a form of communication. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. When so what's the second letter? Second letter of meets is E, which is escape. So it's, right? M-E-A-T-S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just double checking. Um, (laughs) So yeah, E is for escape, meaning that they're trying to avoid or get out of a situation. Um, We do this all the time. Maybe we're trying to leave a conversation because we want to get going or maybe we're uncomfortable. And so we maybe our voice changes. We talk a little differently. Maybe we position our body in a certain way. Or maybe we just say bye. Maybe we become a little more rude, a little more irritable. Um, you know, if we're trying to escape a situation or conversation. And so we really want to look at uh, what it is that they're trying to escape from. Right. And you'll also want to take a look at what happens after a challenging behavior occurs. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you're going to be able to determine if escape is the function. Anything can be an escape behavior, just like anything can be a medical behavior, right? Mm -hmm. A tantrum, yelling, screaming, throwing things that can be done to get out of an outing Mm -hmm. or to get you to stop paying attention to them. Mm -hmm. So you want to take a step back and see when my child starts throwing things, what do I do afterwards? What happens? What do I do that leads it to stop? And if it's, well, I go to a different room and then he stops immediately, it might be escape avoidance type behavior. Or also you can look at your, uh, look at it and say, you know, what was happening during that time? What, what is it that the child was or the person that is behaving this way, what were they doing at the moment? Is, what is that creating within themselves 
that may be causing them to want to escape it. Right. Yeah, to figure out what they're trying to get away from. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. So the third one is A, which is attention. And this one is one that a lot of people always go towards to at first. Yeah. Everything seems to, appears to be attention-seeking behavior. And so, um, and this is why sometimes behaviors are, um, strategies don't always work because if we uh, gear a strategy towards a function that is not really what the behavior is trying to meet, then we're not really addressing what's happening. And so Mm -hmm. that's why the strategy is not working. Right. Right. So attention-seeking behaviors are all of those behaviors that we do, do in order to get attention from the environment that we're, that we're in, whether it's good or positive, uh, positive or negative behavior, right? Or positive and negative attention. Mm-hmm. So the person that is seeking the attention, they're not really concerned about whether it's good attention that they're going to get or bad attention that they're going to get, meaning they're going to be yelled at or be grounded for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, or um, they, so long as they're getting the attention that they want from the environment, that's good enough for them. So they'll do anything that they can in order to get that. Being yelled at, being laughed at is just as powerful as being praised. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, like Ingrid mentioned, uh, it's very easy to lean into attention and it's easy for people to find that the function of a lot of behaviors is attention for the simple fact that any behavior, any challenging behavior requires some level of attention. Yeah. Right. So any, anytime you're trying to track a behavior, you'll see, Oh, they did something and they got attention. That must be the function. I always try and suggest people look a little bit deeper. Because yeah. everything requires attention, so mm-hmm. it might be the case, but you'll want to explore the other options first, for sure. Yeah, and I think the function of attention gets a bad rap, and I just want to put this in here, because when people are like, oh, they're, they're, they're just looking for attention, right? A lot of times it's like it, it has this negative connotation with it, but we all look for attention or connection at some level. And so when we are going in, in, like we find that it actually is some type of attention seeking behavior, um, that's a need that we all have. So I just want to put this out here as like, when we're calling something an attention seeking behavior, what connotation that you're putting on that person. Right. And some some professionals don't even like the term attention, attention seeking. seeking. They prefer attention needing. Mm-hmm. Um, or connection seeking. Yeah. Or connection yeah. seeking. Mm-hmm. Because right. it really is essentially, you know, part of the human condition where we need to feel connected to our environment and that we matter. Mm-hmm. So. Right. And when you think someone's having a behavior for the purpose of attention. You don't want to try and think of solving it by starving that attention. You want to think of solving that by providing them attention in other ways, right? not related to the behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell you the number of times I've had that conversation with someone. They say, Oh, they're just doing that for attention. It's like, well, then why don't you just give them attention beforehand? If you know, every time you're getting ready to leave the building, they're going to kick up a fuss because you're not giving them attention. Well, 
why don't you just plan that in advance and give them attention proactively? Mm-hmm. Attention yeah. is a normal thing to want for sure. And and it goes back to some of the episodes back that we've talked about how you we have to be proactive mm-hmm. in how we uh, address behaviors, especially mm-hmm. with attention uh, seeking or a connection uh, seeking behaviors, because um, it's in. So there's no really no strategy that you can build for um, someone that's attention seeking other than being proactive mm-hmm. in giving them attention yeah. in a positive way. Yeah. You know, you that's have to. Way. That's the best. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and anything else, you know, under my professional opinion would be sort of like <laughs> putting. Yes, because Alex is making faces. You guys can't see. <laughs> 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 so you know it would be sort of like putting a little band-aid on it mm-hmm. to, for, for me maybe alex has some right. strategies that i'm not aware of yeah. but um well i think uh, tons of thoughts but this is isn't yeah. the uh podcast for him yeah we can <laughs> definitely we could probably do like a whole podcast on attention seeking and connection seeking um yeah. you know like that that's oh, yeah. its own animal i guess it is there's tons of pitfalls people fall into trying to help someone with attention seeking behaviors that just lead to escalation and i'm not going to get on a soapbox right now because like Brittany said i'll be here for an hour and no one wants that right yeah (laughs) i think bottom line is just that with attention seeking or connection seeking or attention needing behaviors that a in meets um is Again, we want to remind ourselves that what is it that they're trying to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. What do Absolutely. they What do they need right now? Yeah. How can I provide that attention mm-hmm. in a positive way that's meaningful to the person and meaningful to me as well? Exactly. Right. Yep. Yep. So. And then. Mm-hmm. Go oh, ahead, Brittany. Well, I was going to move on, but if you had. No, I was going to move on too. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So then. <laughs> We're, and we will, if you're someone that really wants to go deeper into attention, maybe that we can do that for next week. We'll do an attention seeking episode next week and dive deeper. So we're going to go into uh, tangible, which is the T. So tangible is anything that you can physically have. I want the cookie. I want my, my <laughs> iPad. I want, you know, these the, the a tangible item, something that they can um, use, you know, something they can use. It's, they want something that's not attention and not escape. No. Right. You know, I want a van ride. Mm-hmm. I want right. a, this for dinner. Yeah. I want right. a new video game. Mm-hmm. It's that want. And that's the worst thing that you, in this circumstance, the worst thing that you can do for yourself is to give in to that <laughs> behavior mm-hmm. and allow the behavior and then reward the behavior by giving the tangible that is wanted. So this is one of the things uh, that you have to really think about what you're going to say no to Mm -hmm. and how much value that has in your relationship with the person. Because if you know that you eventually are going to give in anyways, because it doesn't really matter whether they have it or not, then you might as well just give in before they um, show the behavior. Because if you give it, if you give in after, then what you're doing is you're reinforcing that behavior. And that person is learning that every time they want something, all they have to do is kick a little bit of fuss and you'll give in. 
Mm-hmm. I was actually um, at a listening to a conference. It was all through webinar this past Friday. Uh, and one of the presenters provided a really good um, example where he was talking about his previous professional experience. He said there was a kid who was trying to get something out of the teacher. And he started by just kicking the table and they didn't give it to him. Then he started kind of bouncing the chair around and they didn't give anything to him. Then he stood on the chair and they still didn't give anything. They were kind of a little more wary. And then he got on the table and dropped his pants down and started peeing. And then that's when they started giving him, you know, attention, tangible, they gave him whatever he needed to get him out of that situation. And the whole point of that story is now that kid knows I don't need to bang on the table or anything. I'm just going to go right to dropping my pants and peeing. And then I know that's going to get what I want. And that's an example of what escalation is. You know, if you say no three times, exactly. If you say no three times and then it gets too hard and you say yes, that's going to lead to escalation. So like Ingrid said, you want to be super planful about what you say no to and what you don't say no to. Mm-hmm. And you also want to try and instill those skills about how do you appropriately ask for the things that you want, right? right? Because, yeah. you know, you're not always going to be able to say no, and you don't always want to restrict what people have access to. Mm-hmm. So it's about teaching those appropriate skills. Mm-hmm. I can say that as a parent, there are moments where I find myself saying no, and then I catch myself going, well, why not? And those are <laughs> moments where I say to, you know, I'm, I ha- I'm one of those people that is blessed enough to be able to reason with my the, my loved ones and the person that I'm trying to, you know, interact with. So I'm able to say to that to to the, to him, you know, I changed my mind because this, that, and the other reason. But letting them know that you know, yes, it's okay. Sometimes we're gonna say no because we're busy. We're not really thinking. And we're just responding very quickly to what's convenient to us. It's an easy knee-jerk reaction. Exactly. But then you think about it and you're like, oh, well, why not? And then, but to be able to communicate that. Right. Yeah. And now that brings us to the S in meets. And that is sensory. So that stands for sensory behaviors. I always like to take a minute whenever I talk about sensory behaviors to establish that sensory behaviors are sensory seeking behaviors. Okay, if you think of behavior sensory, what that means is this person is doing something because they like how it feels. So it's not that someone's hitting themselves in the head because it's too loud. It's because they're hitting themselves in the head because they like how it feels when they hit themselves in the head. Mm -hmm. They're scratching and digging at their skin because they like how it feels. Mm -hmm. A lot of sensory seeking behaviors Mm -hmm. generally aren't that challenging. They're things like hand flapping and vocalizing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, singing to yourself, things like that fall under sensory. They're doing something because it feels good, mm-hmm. right? But it's not that sensory avoidant behavior that generally falls under something else. You know, that's more escape. If you're hitting yourself because you want to get out of a loud environment, that's an escape type behavior. Yes. But sensory behaviors, you know, things we all do, scratching our heads, picking our nails, mm-hmm. things like that. We do them because they help us manage anxiety mm-hmm. and we like how it feels. Scratching a bug bite is a sensory seeking behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would also add that there's um, sensory integration um, disorders as well that a lot of people with autism present right. as well. So Absolutely. these are, you know, you either I hypersensitive, meaning you get a lot of 
input of the sensories around you and you're very um what is that word i'm looking for or reactive and you yes, kind of very, feel very vulnerable yep. very sensitive to mm. you know to those in, uh, sensor inputs that you're receiving right it doesn't take as much for you to get that, that sensory as it would for somebody else and then you right. have the hyposensitivity dysregulations meaning you don't get enough you know okay. mm-hmm. there's um all the senses that are coming in are not yeah. enough for you so you're not aware of your space mm-hmm. yeah. in the environment you don't can lead to things like spinning mm-hmm. right. yes so i was gonna say an pace. example i was just gonna right. say an example of that would be um you know someone who is eloping and they look right. like they're having a blast running around you know yeah. it's and that's not to escape It's literally because they have some type of either tactile or vestibular hypo, hypo, meaning that it's not Mm -hmm. enough sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So they have to do something big to get, get the same feeling of the wind rushing against their, their skin. You know, they like to swing, they like to slide, they like to just whoosh. (laughs) Correct. Or the individual who doesn't like to brush their teeth or put deodorant on or yeah. take a shower sure. because be they use that could be a hypersensitivity. The senses mm-hmm. are coming in too strong if you're using menthol mm-hmm. and they're sensitive to take their ta- taste buds are yeah. sensitive. You know, that menthol toothpaste is just going to be horrible for them. And you're going, my gosh, this person won't brush their teeth. They don't understand that they can have to brush their teeth. So. You know, right? Yeah. That appears as a behavior when in fact is a form of communicating uh, something else. Right. A, right. a discomfort or an unease or a lack of something yeah. being met. Right. Yeah. So, so that. <laughs> so that is meets. Um, those mm-hmm. are the five functions of behavior, and those are the things that we look at when we're doing any type of assessment, when we go to start a behavior plan, um, this is extremely important. Um, The FBA, the functional behavior analysis, is the foundation of what we build our uh, BSPs or our behavior support plans on. So making sure that we're tracking data so that we can figure out um, what the functions of behaviors are, are really important and have, you, you know, you guys at home, having a general understanding of meets, medical, escape, attention, tangible, sensory is really important so that when you're um, helping your loved one uh, communicate, really, or trying to teach them something, you can realize, you know, you can look for those functions, too, and help them with that. Absolutely. And be more successful. So- Thank you so much for listening to us, guys, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. week. Bye. Bye.